1: Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a
0: straight-up screamer!
1: Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858.
2: Directing traffic from the base of the ruck, it's Justin Marshall and Ricardo Ball with the Rugby Run on ESPNZ.
1: match for a win, they needed to get it right. They got it right. Saito wants it quickly.
0: Now here's Matsushima. Trying to hold him up, Havili, but he manages to scramble it away to Saito. Makisi.
1: Papaliti going in, trying to win it back for New Zealand. They get the penalty. Aaron Smith got in there as well. It was Dalton Papalii. I tell you what, he has been in the fight at every breakdown, but that is simply outstanding defense from the All Blacks. Now, up, the penalty goes over. And the All Blacks do enough, but no more than that.
2: Good afternoon, New Zealand. Welcome into SENZ. Dean Butler with you here today on the rugby run for and for Ricardo Ball. Uh, as always, we're joined by Justin Marshall. Marshall's uh, actually in studio
1: today. Marshall, good to see you, mate. Yeah, it's good to be here, actually. Yeah. I've, I've made my way through. Uh, all the marathon traffic here in Auckland yes. amongst the driving rain. So, uh, uh, yeah, people out there doing the hard yards, as the <laughs> All Blacks did last night. Um, <laughs> it's not been easy over the last 24 hours, has it? I'll tell you, folks, when Marshall arrived, I we went out to shake your hand. And you're <laughs> dripping wet. I'm not kidding. Dripping wet. Yeah, let alone those people that are out there running for hours and hours I and hours. In it. So good on them. And um, I think it's nearing an end. And uh, I, I imagine pretty, a lot of them will be satisfied, but relieved uh, to be out oh, of the wet thank and you. having... I uh, got the marathon. <laughs>
2: out of the way. I didn't dust it. Hey, listen, folks, if you've got any questions you want to ask, uh, Marshy, do uh, let us know. 0800 150 811. 0800 150 811. Or you can, of course, text as well. uh, 8883. 8883. Marshy, um, I'll start it off, mate. I was in here last night actually doing the 6 to 8.30 show and it was confusing because we've got all the multi-screens as you can see. We had the ABs up here. Uh, The Women's Rugby World Cup, they couldn't get spark in here so that was on that screen about 45 feet over (laughs) there. So I'm trying to watch that, I'm getting the score there I'm half watching that, I'm talking to people I'm not good at multitasking Marshy, you're not good at, we're men Yes, we, we are, we, we can't, it's in our DNA We yeah. can't do it, but the common theme from all the callers last night and all the guests last night the common theme, and I'll start the questions off was they wanted to see how Roger went that was the that was oh, right. like the common mm. theme of the, of, of the calls, it was like we want to see how he goes you, you know,
1: your thoughts on, on RTS last night, how do you think he went? Oh, look, I think he went satisfactory. Like yeah. he, he obviously had limited opportunities to to get the ball in space. Mm. Um, you know, he didn't do anything wrong. He made his tackles. Uh, he carried when he needed to. A couple of nice little subtle touches. The the dubious try to braid in any, He was involved in that, regardless yes. of of the fact whether it was forward or not. Whatever. Off Richie Moonga. he was still there and part of that. Uh, the inside ball to Severus. Um So you know, a couple of try assists yes. there uh, for Roger two of us, a shake. Um, as I said, you, you you saw him, he didn't look out of place. Um, mm. He didn't do something, uh, anything uh, spectacular, but neither did anybody really um, throughout the course of the game. So, True. look, I, I think uh, for his first test uh, as a starting 12, um, he certainly came through it uh, unscathed. And, you know, the potential's there. Again, yeah. it's just not easy when, when, uh, when you're in the midfield, when you're up against a very good uh, defensive system. I think Jamie Joseph and Tony Brown... And the entire coaching crew there, I think John Mitchell runs the defence. I was going to ask
2: you about that because yeah. I
1: got a, a bit of a surprise when I saw, is that John Mitchell? It is.
2: Yep. How long has he been part he, of this for?
1: He, they bought him at uh, the end of last year, so ah. he's part of it a while. So th- you combine those three names and you go, there's a lot of knowledge there. Yeah. Um, you know, good rugby brains, but more importantly, good rugby brains that know New Zealand rugby yeah, and, the, and the style of game that New Zealand like to play and. I certainly think defensively they did a very good job in putting the All Blacks under pressure, forcing them into quite a negative way to play. A lot yeah. of uh, kicking, aimless it kicking, um, because they frustrated the All Blacks. So back to you know your, your your question about Roger, because of that, it was pretty hard to get um, you know in any real uh, space because they they shut down a, a lot of the space. You know, fifteen to twenty meters either side of the ruck really effectively Japan. So look, absolutely, I think. Uh, I, I didn't come away from that test ma- match thinking Roger Tuivasa-Sheck shouldn't be out there and mm. didn't deserve his start, and I thought he was very adequate uh, in that jersey, and, yeah. and hopefully he'll grow from the experience
2: that's it though isn't it I mean that's and I think part of the reason is too because we all remember his highlights real from league and it's spectacular yeah. it's a different game now it's a different position it's all those things and I was the same as you I thought you had the things he did well and you're still finding his feet coming yeah. through but yeah I, I was the same and we have to ask ourselves too Marshy, are we are we not giving enough credit to this Japanese
1: side who played pretty damn well well, probably not because, you know, the, a lot of the chat before the Test match was that the All Blacks would win convincingly. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't convinced on that. Were No, I wasn't, not given the side that we named. Um it was quite... I wasn't outspoken, but I, I certainly felt that it wasn't the right pathway for the All Blacks to go down, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, considering what they're going to face next weekend Oof. and the following two weekends. You know, a lot of that <sighs> yeah. starting 15, that will start against Wales, haven't played any rugby since that Bledisloe mm. in September uh, and they are going into the cauldron of Millennium Stadium. I would have preferred to see that nucleus rega- uh, outside of the players that were unavailable of that team that would start against Wales play yeah. and then the opportunities uh, come off the bench. Ian foster didn't feel that way, and he named a completely different side than the one that we'll see next week. Yeah. Uh, so because of that, there was always going to be a little bit of general rust, and and combos are the same. You know, wow. two of us are shaking in, or have never played together. No, exactly. Um, Finley Christie and Richie Moonga, their time together would be very limited. Yeah. Um, you know, you you look at a lot of the scenarios in that uh, team. Tupuvai and um, Ritalik would have played a bit at the Chiefs, but. In general, combos would have been yeah. hard, harder to, to, to gel, yeah. given that a lot of these guys haven't played a lot of rugby. So I wasn't surprised that there was rust. But uh, you know, going back to your question, um, I did expect that out of Japan. That's the way they play. Wow. They they love to play with ball in hand. Yeah, you know, they're very creative. I think they realised that physically they ha- had to make a shift, and I think Jamie's been very good at that. They were they were very good in the tackle. They were great at the breakdown. They mm. competed. Uh, really hard in those areas. Their yeah. line out was very, very good. Their scrum for the majority of the game held up. So, look, they pushed the French, uh, who put out two mixed sides against them in June. Yeah. Um, pretty hard as well. Uh, so, you know, that's saying that teams who take them slightly lightly now will find themselves beaten <laughs> one day. Yeah. And the French nearly did. I think they only won by three in the first test. So, you know, the All Blacks sort of, I think, probably underestimated mm. how far Japan have come. Um, so, yeah, absolute massive credit to them in the way that they played and their approach to the game. And the fact that they did it with, I think, only about 40% of the ball Yeah, was pretty good.
2: Yeah, well, there you go. Well summed up. 0800-150-811 is the number to call if you want to ask uh, Justin Marshall um, a question. Or you can text double eight. Uh, double three. We've got one here actually from Ken uh, Marshy. He says, Mm. Dean and Justin thought RTS was very good, but the hero uh, for Ken was Dalton Papale'i. He must start at seven. Uh, He was on for 15 minutes, nine tackles, three turnovers with Kane out. And then Ken says Moonga was poor. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, very valid. I think uh, Ken that um, Richie Moonga, he struggled a little bit. Mm. Um, I think he felt that the pressure that they were under, the best thing for him was just to sit back when they got static ball or they didn't have any shape um, yeah. to, to to kick, but you know they they weren't. I guess kicks that were positive. They were yeah. kicks of just let's get out of this zone. And you know against good sides, good counter attack sides, that that will hurt you uh, eventually. So I think probably you know um, it's one of those games where he just probably needed to grab the game by the scruff of the neck a little bit mm. more. He's got an amazing ability to engage defenders. We saw that. In that offload. And I think I can't think of many other instances uh, when he flattened up and took on defenders no. and looked to put people in space or himself uses footwork. So. Yeah, probably not his, his um, best all-black test yeah. match. Um, a lot of kicking. You yeah, know. it was, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, like, that's where a 10 and a 9 have to take control of the game. When, when they see things in front of them and the defence frustrating them or frustrating the pattern you want to play, mm. then you've got to get together with, with your uh, outside backs, with your loose forwards and, and find your way out of it and kicking the ball away uh, without... Getting any change out of that, yeah. you know, fair enough if you kick it away and you're winning that Absolutely. aerial duel Stage or you're two. finding the ground, putting the opposition under pressure. But the kicks, most of them, were going to hand and just letting Japan back into the game. Yeah. Um, and, and second part of Ken's point, look, he, he he probably impressed me the most out of anybody that's come off the bench wow. so far this season, Dalton Papali'i. Like the the work that he got through, yeah. I, I think he got through nine tackles in 14 minutes. Yeah, Ken is yeah, yeah, uh, and. He, he competed at every breakdown. Uh, his defence was, was, was outstanding. He carried hard. Um, yeah, he, he really put his hand up. He hasn't had a lot of game time, and it's probably been a bit of a frustrating mm. second half of the season after he was so outstanding for the Blues. <laughs> exactly. Uh, was well, Sam, in breaking news, obviously, if people out there haven't heard, um, the, the, the All Blacks have announced that uh, Sam Kane has sh- uh, suffered a cheekbone injury and he's out of the tour, so he's heading back to New Zealand oh, along wow. with Dane Coles. Uh, so there, therein lies an opportunity. Now, it's just about yes. where Foster goes. You know, does, yeah. he, does he, when he introduces Artie, um, does Ardy's he bring gonna... Artie onto the side of the scrum? Does he stick with a genuine number eight in, in Sotutu? Or does he prefer number eight um, for Artie Savier? and then Dalton Papali'i gets his opportunity? The equation of probably Scott Barrett at lock now with what's going to possibly happen to Ritalik. Yes. Uh, blindside, I should say, will probably mean that he will have to play lock. Mm. Um but I thought Tupuvai was pretty good last night. Uh, I thought he had a a good shift and and showed plenty of promise. So uh you know all the way back to Ken's original um statement. Yep. Moanga a little bit poor. Yeah. Um but Papa Ali really did show that he has uh, got something that the All, All Blacks could really utilise. Yeah, and look, we got a we got a text last night from, from
2: Keats and he said uh, obviously Dalton Pappalee, has got his hair he said he looked like Rutger Hauer from Blade Runner.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't throw stones in this glass house, I've been gonna, there big time. I've, I've, I've come out with some shockers yeah. in the past, yeah. I tell you. so uh,
2: You've dabbled with the peroxide. Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> oh, there'll be no criticism coming out of this camp. None whatsoever. Hey look folks, keep your calls coming
2: in 0800 150 and your text is double we've got a couple here. Also just let no, I should have said it at the start of the show. We've got Joey Wheeler coming up this hour as well. Uh, Campbell Burns from the, um, the Rugby News, and also Tim Horan's going to join us. Your old mate. at uh, Two thirty, I think we're having a, a chat about the uh, Aussie Scotland game as well. Yeah, yeah, plenty of rugby going on at the moment, oh, so mate. lots to talk about. It's plenty of everything. Marsh. Sure it's is. insane. So here's a couple of texts for you, Marshy. Uh, Marshy, should Dane Coles retire? This is from Josh. The calf issue, and if and he's a leader in waning.
1: A bit thin. Wearing a bit thin. Yeah, I was talking to Mills uh, Muli Aina last night um, when we heard about Dane Coles. Uh, we were working together and I, I just gave Mills a nudge and said, hey, mate, you know what's happening to Dane Coles now? I said, oh, I went through that. Yeah. I said, you know, yeah. it, when I was getting around that sort of 36 mark, 35, 36, I know Colesy isn't quite there yet, but I, I was tearing hamstrings and uh, uh, calf muscles at training. Um, really? You know, for no real particular reason, you know, fully warmed up. Yep. And it's just the body fatiguing on you yep. and, and, and eventually starting to wear thin yep. of getting pushed like it does. And funnily enough, Mills said to me I was exactly the same. And for really? him it was hamstrings, yeah. So yeah, th- there is a time when your body is telling you that there's been a lot it's gone through. And, well, especially Dave And it gets frustrating, is, yeah. the, is the main thing, Dean. It gets really, really frustrating that you, all you want to do at that age, because... Uh, and, and the reason that you're still playing is because you want to play. Absolutely. So what you're trying to do is get through the training week just to play because yeah. that's what you want. That's you know, you know ain't. your time yeah. left in the jersey is is dissipating. So yeah. all you want to do is get through the training week as lightly as you can when you're that age because you're really experienced. <laughs> so you miss as much as possible. <laughs> that's right. But unfortunately for Dane Coles, um, he's not even able to do that because you know he he pulled out um, on the on the day of the game. Yeah. Uh, with another calf problem. So. Yeah, look, uh, he really has had a lot of time over the last two years to try to get that body right, and his body's still letting him down. I hope it's not the end of Dane Coles. I think he's still got plenty left to offer the game, but he needs to find a way to, to get through these problems. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And look, uh, here's another
2: text here from um, Rob. Uh, it goes back to your point as well. He says, Hi guys, enjoy the uh, rugby show. That All Blacks performance last night was embarrassing and with around 12 changes to the starting 15 to play Wales at Millennium Stadium in front of 75,000 people with players who haven't played any rugby for six weeks, Rob says, I can see three losses in a row. What do you think, well,
1: well, he's right. There, w- there will be uh, an absolute um, sh- change of shift in terms of the team environment and what it looks like. Yeah. I guess the one positive, and maybe this is where Ian Foster's mindset is: Wales are are not in a good place either. That they have lots of injuries, mm. and they equally haven't played uh, together for a long time. So, yeah. you know, maybe his his mindset was: I want to keep that nucleus of the players that I know they're going to be in my starting fifteen fresh. I want them to be a little bit on edge because they haven't played. Yeah, um, because I know the opposition are in the same boat. Uh, and maybe that's the way he wants to launch his assault on those three test matches uh, in the UK. That's probably my mindset and thinking that's his thought process because Wales are decimated with injury and they have not played. So they are in a similar position. You know, the All Blacks are losing cattle by the the day at the moment. I know, I know, so that's not ideal. But, um, look, I still think there's resolve in this team and I still think there's potential, but they do, on the evidence of last night, have to find their mojo very quickly because they will get frustrated in the oh. UK by the defensive systems that Wales, Scotland and England will throw at them, mm. which will be suffocating in that midfield, will be yeah. suffocating in around the rucks, uh, out to in, they'll show you heaps of space on the outside, yeah. you'll see 15, 20 metres of space with a fullback and a winger in it, yeah. but to get the ball into that space is, is very, very difficult because yeah. they cut you off, so that's... That's the challenge that the All Blacks face. Um, if they can get their mindset around that, um, I think they can win all three.
2: Yes, well, there you go, Rob. There's an answer from Marchie. Thank you, I uh, Keep them coming in, double eight, double three. Here's one more for you. Um, this is from Anthony. Uh, well done to Japan. Uh, are our backs not that inventive now? Seems to just be one off the ruck, very flat, so it becomes predictable. They train a lot, so no excuses. What do you make of that one,
1: Marchy? I think it's a valid point again. Mm. Uh, I certainly felt that we were a bit flat last night against quite an aggressive defence. Uh, yeah. And you know, we we had uh, the, the genius um, of the king, Carlos Spencer, with us on Sky last yes. night, and you could see that he was of the same mindset because he talked a lot. I heard him talk at half-time and then I heard heard him talk after the game, and, and I was feeling the same way. That he said there was no there was no depth in the attack, but there was also there was there were no transition runners working off the ball. And when right. I, when we're talking transition runners, he was calling it back door. Call it what you may. Yeah, it's those players that are a couple of meters behind that flat attack. Mm. Uh, and Japan did it really well. That um, they had those runners yeah. regularly out the back, and 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 it, and it gives you opportunities to hit that sort of zone outside and around centre, and then wider. Yeah. And we, we didn't tend to ha- have that attack last night. Now wh- were they instructed to play that way so that they weren't showing too much to the UK? I'm not sure, but a for some point. bizarre reason, yeah, uh, that, that attack was missing and it didn't create really any space on the outside. Like Caleb Clark, uh, you know, he he looked really good all night, yeah, but he, he never really got the ball on a one on one with a you know four to five meters to wind up and take no. a defender on. And when he scored his try, that was in that was in contact and Power. he powered through, but. Yeah, that that was missing, and I just hope that it's not. And uh, 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 you know, it was worrying that Ian Foster said he, he liked the way we played.
2: Well, oh, not that again. I read that, yeah, and I was like,
1: wow. <laughs> oh, I'm imagine you'd like the way that we won, but you know, I scratched my head to say, I think there's more. Uh, that that backline and that this team can yeah. offer with the skill set that we've got than what we saw last night, which was quite direct. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it was it was it was physical and direct, but it didn't have a lot of variation around it. So, yeah, I agree. I thought we were um we we were lacking imagination. Yeah. Uh, whether that was because there has been instructed to not give away too much, but I'd be surprised if that's the case. You know, you've got to go out and implement your game plan uh, uh, in every test match regardless of trying to hide something and it's up to the opposition to try and shut you down
2: absolutely double eight double three and you you're right about creativity and you mentioned Carlos Spencer if we look at this all black side now Carlos must look at Richie and go that's the new me yeah. you know that that's mm. the type of player I was and it's very similar to what they do yeah um so yeah he must have been frustrated with what he saw with that yeah too.
1: I, I think he, he he was frustrated at the fact that when the going got tough... Mm. Uh, Richie just sat back and, um, and and pumped the ball down the field. Yeah. And, you know, a guy like Carlos would be a hell of a lot more creative than that. <laughs> and I experienced that myself. Like, one minute he was over there and looked like he was going to kick. And then the next minute he was sweeping around behind me, yelling, Mashi, Mashi, Mashi. And I'm like, Jesus, where he's gone? Where's he gone? And he would hit it flat and take a defender on. He's going lateral at pace and boom. Yeah. He's created something when it looks like it was going to be something predictable. Yeah. And he's he's just. Uh, done something spontaneous and regenerated that's right. uh, the attack. Oh, that's brilliant. Uh, okay, folks, we better take a break, Marsha. I think after the
2: break we've got Joe Wheeler brilliant. coming up. So yeah, keep your texts coming in there, folks. Double We're back after the break. 25 past one here on SENZ, The Rugby Run. Dean Butler with you here today, filling in for Ricardo Ball. Justin Marshall is in the studio with us as well. If you've got anything you want to ask uh, Justin about the rugby, please give us a call, 0800 150 811. 0800 150 811. Or keep your texts coming in as well, double eight double 8833. We've got a few to get to, uh, Marshy. But first up, we've got one of our guests today. It is Joey Wheeler on the line. You're right, mate. Joe, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, thanks, Dean. You well, mate? Yeah, very well, thank you, mate. Very well. We are just uh, dissecting last night's uh, uh, game, Marshy. I'm sure you
1: want uh, to to uh, have a chat to Joey about that one. Yeah, I do, Joey. Hey, thanks for joining us, mate. Appreciate it always always. Um, I was really thinking about this game this morning and thought, I know that you know the Japanese players and side well. Uh, were you surprised at their performance last night?
0: Um. No, I wasn't, to be honest. I think a few weeks back, Justin, look, I know that this has been the test match that um, I definitely know the coaching staff and talking to a lot of the players. Um, this is the one test match that, that, that's all that's mattered for this Japanese team all year, and they've primed everything in terms of their preparations around performing at their best for this one test because they knew that the All Blacks would uh, roll out a, I guess, a B team or a development side to give guys some more minutes uh, for this game. And they saw that as their one opportunity to tip them up. So no, I wasn't surprised because I've seen a lot of the work and how long they've been preparing for this game. And I think it showed they were uh, far more accurate in everything they did, far more cohesive in everything they did. And the combinations um, were far more, um, I suppose they just flowed a lot better. They knew each other's game inside out and, yeah, they they looked they looked magnificent. And the one thing that probably did surprise me, if anything, Marshi, was how well they aimed up physically. That yeah. was the one area that I was a little bit where I, I knew that that's where the All Blacks will go. They'll go to their set piece and they'll go to the uh, the contact zone because traditionally, obviously, the Japanese they're a smaller frame. They um, they play the game at a high tempo. But man, did they aim up um, their forwards. Their physicality. leech, kimino, uh, Tatafu, uh, the loose forward trio for the Japanese, outplayed uh, the All Blacks loose forward trio hands down. Uh, they were immense and um, into everything: ball carrying, tackle, uh, the breakdown. You know, it was a huge performance, and uh, yeah, I, I was really impressed by, it, by how they how they played. If it wasn't for that. Um, I think you called it in the in the um, in the commentary, Marshy. The obviously the forward pass uh, was glaringly yeah. obvious to everyone apart from I forget the referee's name. Um, even Marius was, uh, you know, the uh, TMO was like it's a forward pass, but it's like the, the whistle uh, refused to call it. Uh, you know, if they if they take that seven points away, Japanese win that. You know, and um, yeah, uh, amazing an amazing effort from that side and. I think they're tracking really nicely. So Jamie Joseph and his crew should be
1: immensely proud. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. Like, you mentioned a few of the players like Jimeno. You know, We've got Yamanaka, the, the fullback, and Matsushima on the wing. Play, players that we know yeah, um, regularly throughout uh, Jamie Joseph's reign. But a few that, that he unearthed uh, were outstanding. Like, How much do you know about the likes of Dylan Riley, the centre, yeah. and Warner Derns, mate? Where's oh. this bloke come from?
0: Oh, yeah, and and Warner Durns only he's only had one season of uh, Japanese top league mates. So, wow. yeah, he has come from nowhere. Obviously, like for, for listeners out there, the Japanese how it works is you go to university, you do your university degree, you come out of there at twenty two from university, then you go into a guy like Warner Derns. he, he he'll be a fully fledged professional now. Um, whereas a lot of the Japanese players align with companies where they get they yeah. get essentially given a job with that company and they play for the company team. So they basically split their time 50-50 between working and uh, playing. Uh, whereas a Warner Derns has come out of university, I can't remember the university off the top of my head, but was outstanding um, at university. Got aligned with the Toshiba Club um, in Futsu, which was um, our neighbouring club uh, where I was at Suntory and, and has, gone, has just gone from strength to strength and obviously a huge frame. But I was... I was thinking, man, this is, you know, I don't know how many test matches he's got under his belt. It wouldn't be many, uh, one or two. And he's going up against Brody Retallick and Via and, and an all-black <laughs> Did he front physically? But also in terms of his line-out ability, stole... Numerous lineouts off the uh, off the All Blacks, um, something that is just unheard of in terms of a Japanese side pinching uh, lineout ball from opposition. So, yeah, he was immense. But yeah, you 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 uh, talked about another guy, Riley, in the midfield. He was huge, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, some tour, uh, out of uh, Panasonic Wild Nights. so I'm sure Robbie Robbie Deans has known about this guy for a while, um, and he's done some magnificent things, obviously with Panasonic. Um, He's been a mainstay in that midfield with them alongside. Usually, they have a foreign cap player alongside him. So, um, in, in the past, I've had Hegley Parks the last two years uh, alongside him. So, yeah, fantastic talent. But just had um, beautiful all-round skills. And I think him alongside uh, Nakamura, who's obviously been in the, um, the Japanese system now for a long time, has experience and just sound decision-making. Yeah. They complement each other so, so well.
1: You mentioned the line-out. Now, Summersoni line lineout efficiency was around ninety four, ninety five percent before this Test match. What was and when you looked at the back four that they were, they were usually having uh, the All Blacks, you know they had uh, options right right across. When I say back four, the last four people in the lineout, you know they saw Tutu there, they had um, uh, Tupuvaie, uh, they had the options uh, quite quite evident, you know, mm. and uh, Retallick was back there as well. What was it? the All Blacks just slightly out of rhythm, or do you think it was more that the Japanese just uh, did their homework and were able to pick them off? Because I've not seen him struggle with his darts like that for quite a long time.
0: Yeah, I always feel for, for hookers in those situations, because they, they obviously cop a lot of the blame, but um, lineouts outs it's such a technical beast. There's so many moving parts, and it's one area of the game that you've got to rely on every man in that system to do their job 100%, right? So a lot of those issues... Uh, what, from what I could see I haven't had a really good look at it post but what it looked like to me was it was just timing issues so that's the clunkiness of a team that hasn't played footy in five weeks have only had maybe you know five training sessions together some are solely getting called in late into the starting lineup probably' hasn't haven't had as many reps as say a Dane Coles during the week and I just think just a little bit of clunkiness about the guys but you're right in terms of that all blacks pack, that's the first time that they've had four genuine line-out jumping yeah. options in, that, in their forward pack, because Artie Savi is not a, he's not a natural jumper. They do use him at the front of the line-out, but he's far from natural, um, whereas Hoskins, Tutu, and Shannon Frazel are brilliant line-out operators. Obviously, Brodie Ritalik and Tukubai, they speak for themselves, but that's the first time, and that's the concerning piece. Uh, bit for me, is that you've got four genuine line-out options, and we were still really, really sloppy, yeah, you can put a little bit of that down to um, lack of preparation, and, and probably not as many reps as they would have liked, but you would hope that they were a little bit better, but hats off to um, Japan as well, because Jamie Jamie would have put it, put together a, a magnificent plan around what what he would have thought they would do, and they changed the picture on the All Blacks a lot, and they got a lot of success from that, especially with Warner Derns, Derns who's... Uh, you know, a two-metre, three-lock, um, So, and he, and he got up in the air, which is sometimes the hardest thing to do. It's just getting off the ground. It doesn't matter if you if you read it slightly wrong. It's actually just backing yourself to get up. And that's, I suppose, a little bit of that exuberance of use. He, he wasn't afraid to do that, and he just got off the ground, got his hand in the basket, and, and made a real mess of um, the All Blacks line-out.
1: How good was their line-out? Defence as well on the mall, like they've obviously done there. Who, who's involved in that? Is that Jamie's area or is John Mitchell has come in? I, I, yeah, Majority's been, been known for defence.
0: Yeah, yeah. So he's been doing defence. I'm not sure whether he's across the mall defence as well. They do have a Japanese um, scrum scrum, uh, scrum coach, and I imagine he'd be involved in the mall. But from my experience with Jamie, which is obviously a long time down at the Hollanders, he, he He's always heavily involved in uh, more defence, understanding your role, just like Bass and Ryan is. It's all about um, understanding where you've got to put your head, uh, the balance of weight, and not trying to overachieve. That can be sometimes a real trap that, that players fall into. You think, oh, I'm doing a great job here. I'm winning my side. But then you actually give the opposition an opportunity to share off and go with the role of that mall. So what they did so well last night, they were really wide in their defense. So they were about four or five wide sometimes. And the All Blacks just couldn't find a scene to get through. And they were just really patient. And even when the All Blacks did get a little bit of momentum through them, they didn't give away a silly penalty. They just worked back, worked to try to stop it, and then forced the All Blacks into having to play. So, yeah, really, really smart from the Japanese. Um, there were obviously a couple of times towards the end where they gave away some silly penalties in those clutch moments, and that's the difference, right, between the the top, the really top, top tier teams and a team like that who upsets the apple cart sometimes. It's how they execute in those moments, and they just, at, towards the end there, they probably just gave away a couple of critical penalties at the wrong time that, that really cost them. Hey, Joey,
2: look. One of the big talking points last night, and it was near the end of the game. Marshall, you, you saw it as well. Was uh, Brody Retallick the red card? What does that mean for him and the All Blacks? And, and what did you make of it at the time?
0: Yeah, no, I think he'll go for a skate uh, without a doubt. Uh, I think the issue for, for in that instance, as he didn't, he tucked his arm, so his when I always watch it, it's like, where, where's his hand? Mm. So his arm was just cocked back, shoulder, and that, I mean, that's what we've always sort of done when guys are that low, you go in, because you can't, you generally can't wrap your arm around anything to, to try clean them out, but mm. you've got to show that picture that you're trying. His was just cocked back, shoulder out, and he just tried to absolutely poleax Kazuki Himino into row 17 of um, the National Stadium. <laughs> and yeah, he got it slightly wrong. I don't think I, I don't. He definitely wouldn't have been aiming up to hit him in the head. No. Um, he would have been trying to get it clean. That's that. You know, Brody Brody plays the game really tough, but mm-hmm. he's not. Um, he's not a dirty player, and he wouldn't have been trying to um to to uh, knock him you know out. But it was unfortunate. But he just had that arm cocked. Had he had had his arm out and looking to rap I think he would have just got a yellow. So it's really really um uh, sort of the difference is that's all it is but I think yeah I don't think he'll be heading up north I think he'll go for a skate for sort of four weeks
1: Yeah I, I have to agree with you once it goes to that red card area that compelled then to go down the, the proper discipline channels and unfortunately uh, that will probably rule him out well definitely rule him out the yeah, rest which, of the Test matches won't it?
0: A massive right for, for, mm. for the All Blacks as well because you know he, he's missed a lot of footy this year uh, Test match footy and he, we saw glimpses of him getting back to some of his best rugby, and mm-hmm. now uh, you know, in terms of that combination, uh, you, you'd imagine Brodie's always going to be there. I was, I was quite impressed with Tupuia last night. I think he brings a real point of difference to that that second row, his, his ball carrying ability, his offload ability, especially through the middle of the park marshy. Yep. Something that we haven't, that the All Blacks haven't had, uh, for, you know, especially uh, you know, that against the Irish, that's where we, that's where the All Blacks really struggled was. To create through the middle of the field, create some line breaks and create fast ball through your through your big ball carriers. So I was impressed with him, and, and hopefully uh, he, alongside Scott Barrett and and Sam Whitelock, they'll share a lot of game time up up north now. I'd imagine.
1: The clunkiness of the All Blacks attack was that. Uh, maybe the All Blacks just a little rusty or Jamie Joseph doing his homework because I thought the Japanese defence was absolutely outstanding but it seemed to frustrate the All Blacks into wanting to kick the ball away. What what did you make of that?
0: Yeah I think a little bit of both. Um, I think the Japanese were just relentless in their line speed and their accuracy and their tackle so they just kept coming so it wasn't just one phase it was one, two, three phases, and the All Blacks were getting no no pay for their effort, and then that then forced them into kicking. So you have to say hats off to John Mitchell and and, and Jamie again, and to the players because gee, that is that is physically so so taxing doing that. Like one time is hard enough coming off your line, sprint, trying to make a real good chop tackle, but doing it second phase, third phase, and backing it up time and time again to then force them into kicking uh, yeah a magnificent defensive effort and they didn't miss. But I think nice. they you showed stat on uh directness and they'd only missed one tackle they uh, three times as many as flex, right? so man they were just so accurate in that area and they actually did a great the ball down off that as well. Um, you know they were one one chop tackle, the other guy coming in, having a crack to blow it down so that, that helped them with well, not not to be called next fast ball, which you can see it frustrated them. They just weren't getting their own way.
1: Absolutely. Well, Joe, always appreciate your insight. It's it's so good to and refreshing to hear your thoughts on the game. Uh, equally, I think probably you'll be on the phone your phone your player agent skills uh, after some uh, Derns and Riley. And yes. if I know you well, <laughs> um, but thanks for joining us good on good Sunday.
0: Halo Hey, good halo clients anyway, mate. We'll oh, there you go. <laughs> that's why you knew so much about them. I, I knew I smelled a rat straight away.
1: <laughs> Have a good day, mate. Thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it.
2: Beautiful. Thanks, Joey. Yeah, oh, that, that, yeah, that's so funny, mate. You're right because I'm thinking, who is this doing? He's come out of nowhere and yeah. was awesome. And Joey obviously does know all the ins- on all the. J- unlo-
1: well, yeah, he's he's got such a brilliant knowledge of Japanese rugby yeah. from having played over there, and uh, you know he had a great relationship. Um, obviously, with Tanaka as well, uh, who ah, played for the Highlanders, but yes, of course uh, equally you know he, uh, the work that he does uh, with Spates, with Sky, but yeah. uh, also he 's with Halo um, as a player agent, looks at a lot of the young talent Good and the talent that 's emerging, so yeah. i wasn 't surprised, but his knowledge of the Japanese and also uh, Jamie Joseph having been coached by him uh, you know it 's uh, great to see where Japanese rugby 's going you know I think there 's lo- there's lots of uh, I guess, noises out there about whether or not they should be more involved in, say, something like the rugby championship or oh,
2: okay. somehow
1: get a, uh, involved back in a super rugby environment. Um, right. You certainly feel the way they're going and what they showed last night, the talent they've got. And a lot of those players are Japanese players. Yes, they are. The bulk of them. Uh, you know, there's not a huge amount of foreigners there. Uh, you know, you think that continually to uh, continuing to develop them is only going to be good for the game and Maybe here in New Zealand we can look at introducing them, well, uh, in, in some format. You know, maybe the rugby championship has uh, spiked that up and uh, get them involved there.
2: Well, absolutely. When we looked at the crowd last night, it was huge. Oh, it was massive. I mean, it I, haven't, is. I haven't been there, but it seems that Japanese rugby does have a fan base, a strong fan base.
1: It does, big time.
2: So, yeah. Okay, we've got to take a break. We'll be back after that. Keep your calls coming into oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. We might have a caller for us after the break. Quarter to two here on SENZ. Dean Butler with you here on the Rugby Run today with Justin Marshall as well. Keep your calls coming in 0800 150 811 0800 150 811 or you can text double We've had a caller on the line, Marshall. He has been waiting patiently. It is our old friend Graham. Graham, how you doing, mate? G'day, how are you, boys? Yeah, we're good, Graham. Graham, we've got a, we've got a couple of minutes up our sleeves, mate. What, what's going yep. on? Oh, I
3: know. I just want to say, well... Obviously, the Japanese were magnificent, and um, the All Blacks, they won. That's positive. uh, Yeah, but the Japanese, really, obviously, Jamie Joseph and Tony Brown, as you and Justin have talked about, um, had great, obviously, very fine coaches, especially Joseph, and that showed through. But yeah, just on a couple of back, I thought, just for you to comment on, Justin, um, Anton Leonard Brown, um, I thought he made a good come back off the bench. And I thought Braden Enor too, you know, um, obviously Leonard Brown didn't play for quite a while. He played mm. one game for Waikato, I think. And um, Braden Enor was sort of had a lot of injury and in a couple of games for Canterbury and came back. Yeah, I thought that they could be happy. And like you said about RTS, he, he was pretty handy, you know, given the fact they weren't getting a lot of front football.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's a good point you make, actually. I thought Braden... Uh Graham actually had a very good game. Um, he, he when he got his opportunities, there wasn't a lot of space for him, but a couple of nice little offloads uh, in the tackle defensively. He was sound. Um, probably only Mud made one error, and when you're thinking he's working with yeah. somebody he's not been with before, and Roger Tuivasa-Sheck, and that midfield combo is so important defensively. Just to make only one defensive error is, is not too bad, and. Obviously, he was oh, the the fortune uh, of being off the back of the the Tuavasa shek uh try, but yeah, he he hasn't yeah. had a lot of rugby, and it was it was good to see him probably playing in his best jersey. I think that's the jersey. It's hard for him at the Crusaders, but I mm. think that's the jersey he really needs to make a play for. He's, I think he's a much better player there than on the wing. What are your thoughts?
3: Oh, I agree. Yeah, no, um, obviously. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, he, he he started off sort of on the wing for Canterbury and was great, but but he's he's as a centre, and I think a lot of people around the country think that. Of course, Jack Goodyear's out at the moment, mm. but you know he'll be back with the Crusaders, so yeah, that that makes it interesting, you know, for for him. Yeah, What I, did you, I what did you make of um,
1: Richie Mooney's performance?
3: Oh it, yeah, it, well it was probably a bit like a test here in Christchurch. Um, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, you know, a test in South Africa. The second test was particularly was best and I yeah it wasn't it wasn't his greatest display but um and I'm a huge Richie but wasn't a fan as you know but yeah. I think that, I do think the the all-black forward struggled and I think um yeah it wasn't a great performance. I think properly Lee played well but the pack didn't really dominate and um I think you know Aaron Smith certainly aided in a better an improvement there because some people have been sort of saying that he just showed his class and yeah, but yeah, I I I think onwards and upwards for Richie. here yeah, in terms of next week, but yeah, they'll, they'll reflect on that and get better.
2: Hey, Graham, uh, mate. Sorry, we've, we're running out of time. No, no you're good as gold. Thank you for your have call, a good one. as always. Cheers, there, mate. Cheers, Graham. There you go, Graham, with his thoughts and and nice to hear, Graham, admit that, that Richie did have not a great game last night as well.
1: Oh yeah, and he's right. You yeah, know, they, they didn't have an he didn't have an armchair ride. No. but that's where you know nines and tens um, and to a degree twelves. Need to grab the game by the scruff of the neck and take control of it. When the forward pack's not functioning or are struggling away, you've got to produce front foot football for them to to run forward to to breakdowns and, yeah. and and generate uh, some momentum yourself. And you know, sitting back deep uh, and and getting a little bit negative because you're getting frustrated is sometimes um, making things worse than rather than better. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Hey, we've got to get another break out the way, Justin. So we'll be back. Uh, we still got one to get. Yeah, let's do it. Seven minutes to two o'clock here on SENZ. Dean Butler with here on the rugby run, along with Justin Marshall. Keep your texts coming in. Double eight, double three. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven is the number to call. We've got Campbell Burns and Tim Horan coming up after two o'clock. But Marshall, we touched on it before, mate. One of the big points in the match was the red card. You were you were there. you were calling. I mean, you were calling it last yep. night from your perspective. You know how did it look in that
1: moment? Oh, it always looks really, really untidy when it's slowed down. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're just showing time and time again that point of impact. You know, like I last night uh, quite conclusively said, and, and, you know, you only have to watch the game to hear me say that I felt that it was a yellow card. I mm. didn't feel that it was red. Um, there's enough evidence there for it to be red. Yeah. But in my mindset, I'm just thinking about it, A, about the player that's involved, Brody Retallick. Yes. He's not a malicious player. No, he's so not. I didn't feel there was any intent there. He didn't go in there with an intent to target the head. No. Um, he, yes, he got slightly clumsy in his technique off. But now Test Match Rugby, I'm looking at it from a p- former player's, former Test Match player's perspective. Of course. You've got to split second, you yeah. know. And and I think he saw Jimeno there. But all the time, Jimeno is dropping his body height. He is. And Retallic, you know, two metres out, has made up his mind on a different body height. Yeah. And he's just slightly got it wrong, you know. that. The fact of the matter is, you know, he, he didn't injure the player, um, but he hit him in the head, and yes, I know it's dangerous. Yeah. But I'm trying to have sympathy for players. You know, a lot of people out there that they, they, they make comments and they say what they want to say and, 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 and are very vocal about it mm. have never played a second of Test match rugby in their life, and they don't know what it's like That's in that environment, second. in that split second, yeah. when things all of a sudden change. The picture you've seen a second before... Mm completely changes. Um, and then it's all about getting your technique right. And, and look, I think if, yes, if his forearm, like Joey Wheeler said, was slightly more forward... Would have been a yellow. They would, it, would have, it would have been yellow. It would have shown more intent to try and wrap the arm. Mm. But I think at the time, you know, because of the circumstances as they are involved in Jimeno's body height dropping, yeah. if he put his arm out there, he'd break his arm. Yeah, right, because of the, just yeah, the contact. Yeah, yeah, that's so right. He's, he's just changed his mind. And, and again, he's not... I don't think he went in there with that intent. So in my mind, as a former player, I'm just thinking he got it slightly wrong. He didn't injure the player, um, and equally, he didn't have any intent whatsoever for it to, for the outcome to be like that. Yeah, yeah, that's
2: it. We all know, yeah. Brody I mean, if anyone knows about getting hurt in a clean-out, it's Brodie Retallick. Yeah. Let's not forget the Yarpies a couple of years ago, what they did to him. Absolutely. Okay, and yeah. he's not that type of player, no. so unfortunate timing, like you say, split-second stuff. Mm. Hey, we've got to wrap it up, Marshy. We'll be back after 2 o'clock. We've got Campbell Burns and we've got Tim Horton, who's going to tell, talk to us about the great escape.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, boy. See you after two, folks. 2 o'clock here on uh, SENZ. Dean Butler with here on the Rugby Run along with uh, Justin Marshall. Pretty soon we're going to be talking to uh, Campbell Burns. But we just had some uh, news come through, uh, Marshy, about some uh, changes of players going to the All Blacks 15. Uh, Patrick Tupoloto is going to join them, uh, Damian McKenzie, Braden Enor, Roger Tua sheck Shek.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it?
2: Yeah, that's an interesting
1: one. Yeah, so those other players were already involved in that side. Yeah. I'm not sure about Braden Enor. D- uh, I think he was always part of the All Blacks, but yeah. for whatever reason, uh, they've decided that uh, Roger Tua sheck Shek and Braden Enor should join that All Blacks 15 as well. So there you go, folks. Yeah, there's there's something. Uh, but look, at the end of the day, They're still going to be in the UK and available should they be needed for the All Blacks. It looks like between what's happening in the last week or so with the Barrett's out, people coming in, Cole's injured, Oumuah going over, they're, they're basically working the two squads as they see fit and as they need them. They can pull players out. Um, and, and, and replace them into either side. To me, that's what it sounds like. I'm thinking, what is the whole point of this All Black 15? <laughs> just, Maybe it is literally
2: just that, so they're yep, there, yep. and they'd be grabbed. But a text is asked too, Marshy, who, Sam Kane, as you say, is now injured. He's coming back home. Yep. Who replaces him? They've, they've asked, is it Tom Christie or Luke
1: Jacobson? Question mark. Ah, OK. I'll actually have some breaking news for you I, there, Dean, as well. This? I do, indeed. Um, yes, he's, Sam Kane is being replaced by Billy Harmon.
2: Billy Harman. Yeah,
1: so Billy Harman was involved in the All Blacks uh, 15 as well. He's been taken out of that side, Ooh. and he is now going into the All Black environment. So, Whoa. yeah, that's a, an absolute uh, catapult into the big time for Billy Harman. You know, yeah. there's no doubt that he's playing great rugby at the moment. Sure. Uh, you know, he had an outstanding season for the Highlanders. He's the new Highlanders captain next year. <sighs> he captained Canterbury all the way to the final yeah. um, and was one of their best players. He's been playing number eight, plays open side. So the All Blacks have obviously been keeping an eye on him and they obviously like what they see so yeah he's the man that's going to be replacing sam kane wow
2: there you mm. go folks breaking news thank you just that's that that is fantastic oh you know i do, always do my homework before i
1: come on the show <laughs> of
2: course you do mr <laughs> research that's what they call yeah, yeah. you uh speaking of uh, research and knowing all things rugby let's go now to campbell burns from the uh, rugby news campbell good afternoon to you mate very good afternoon to you to you gents yeah, hey look mate, let's we've done a lot of All Blacks talk. Let's let's pivot a little bit. Let's uh, go to the Women's Rugby World Cup. Of course, last night uh, the Black Ferns had a great well, one. Another big win over Wales, 55-3. Did you see that coming, Campbell, or did you think that might be a bit tighter this time?
4: No, no, look it's, it's fair to say I um I saw the score on coming. 55-3 was pretty comprehensive. I think the most pleasing aspect of it uh, wasn't the fact that um, you know we saw the we saw the back three uh, uh, cutting loose again for the Black Ferns, but more the fact that they shored up their scrum, uh, which was a problem from from two weeks uh, prior um, against the same opponent. So they also um, managed to uh, to get on top of the breakdown after a bit, a bit of a dusty start there. So um, it was a much better performance, I think, by the Black Ferns forwards, uh, which will please um, please Wayne Smith and his. Uh, his coaches um, as
1: much as anything, I think. I want to talk to you about that, Campbell, because th- this has been all the chat s- since that end of tour in November and the problems that they s- they faced at set-piece. Oh, Wayne Smith is so astute, and I've been coached by him, but is, are the Black Ferns backing themselves into a corner to try and get engaged into a set-piece contest where the, the strengths are obviously on on the outside backs and the centres you know, Is, is it a, a problem that they are worrying about that area of the game before they've even had to confront it?
4: Uh, hard to say, really. Um, I mean, I, I guess their big test, firstly, will come next week in the semi, which was always going to be D-Day, whether it was France or England. So mm. France will present a very strong test piece, but they can also um, hurt teams out wide, as we saw yesterday when they beat uh, Italy 39-3. I think, I, I think the Blackburns have to try and play the game that they're, that they're doing. I mean, they would certainly like a drier day um, if that's possible next <laughs> week uh, for Auckland. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's hard, hard to legislate, obviously, for that. But I think they have to play the, the up tempo game that they do. But I think they have shored up their scrum. And Mike Cron's obviously done some great work with the likes of um, uh, of Amy Rawl and Pip Love. And I think Raw was outstanding yesterday. So, as long as they can get parity or close to it um, up front, I think they can certainly. Certainly, do the damage on the side like France, but then England, uh, who they will possibly meet in the final, will certainly um, up the ante in, in all areas, and they'll be accurate at both the, the breakdown and set piece, but also with the ability to hit, hit the Black Ferns out wide. So, really, it's building up to to you know to these last two games, and you know we've seen 10, 10 straight wins from the Black Ferns that are on the right track. That, that they aren't playing perfect rugby but I think they, with, with the resources they have, they have to play the,
2: the way they are. Hey, uh, Campbell, I was talking to Mitty Baker last night, former Kiwi Fern and Sevens player, and I said uh, some of the other teams, especially like England, they have, seem to have a superior uh, kicking game than we do, and, and uh, is that something that's going to bite us? And she said it's not about the kicking game for the Black Ferns, it's about we're a running, passing team, that's what we do. Do you think the kicking game might come back to kick us in the butt?
4: Could be, uh, but... I I mean, to, to be fair, I think we have a, a good short-kicking game. We've got Ruhay DeMont, who, um, who does well with the kick pass, um, and Kendra Cox, which will fire the foot, um, with her short-kicking game, can be very effective. Um, we certainly don't have the long-kicking game of uh, Zoe Harrison, who's the number 10 for England. Mm. So, um, I, I, look, I'm sure, it, I'm sure it won't come down to a, to a duel in that respect, um, but as long as we execute the, the shorter stuff, find our touch from penalties and land our goals, uh, which is going to be critical as well. And this is where I think Renee Holmes could still play a um, play a key role. I think she's the best goal kicker. But uh, Renuahe De demont actually goal kicked uh, quite well off the tee yesterday. So she's obviously an option there. Kendra Edge for the shorter one. So if they can nail that goal kicking in this shorter kicking game, uh, um, I've got a, got a feeling the Black fans will be OK there.
2: Hey, Campbell, interesting as well. We've got some games on today. Uh, the Big Dogs, England, are playing Australia at the moment. We haven't got Spark TV in the studio here, marshy it's, it's out there and it's not on. But um, we've got a score update. It's a 7-0 to England after about 29 minutes. Hey, Campbell, have you seen any of this? Are you keeping an eye on this or, or what's you thinking?
4: Yeah, I, I haven't actually seen any of that game, but I have kept tabs on the score line. Uh, I suspect it's wet out there at Waitakere, West Auckland, so uh, that would play into England's hands for sure, Um, although Australia do have a very Tigerish uh, uh, flankers and and number eight. But, uh, yeah, look, you'd suspect England would uh, would take that comfortably and then followed by Canada, USA, uh, you'd favour Canada for that one. So it's been quite funny with this World Cup. There's been some really good rugby, but there's only been one upset and that's probably been Fiji beating South Africa um, Mm -hmm. in terms of the ranking. So um, if you say World Cups, the success of World Cups is based on how many and how many shocks or upsets there are, well, there, there, there has only been one. But there has been good rugby, but you'd think the, the top four will be the favoured the, the favoured four from the start uh, ne- next week in the semis.
1: Campbell, there was another big game of rugby uh, happening <laughs> uh, last night. The, the All Blacks, what did you make <laughs> of their performance?
4: Oh, yeah, look, the All Blacks weren't much, weren't much chop, really, were they, Marshy? 38-31, um, mm. um, we know they didn't have their top side out there, but they... They really struggled again to deal with the uh, the, the rush defence of the Japanese, um, and they ended up um, ended up in a bit of a um, a bit of a kicking strategy which didn't really work. They didn't really kick properly, um, so that was disappointing to see. Because we know in their in their poor displays earlier in the season, they have actually struggled to deal with that rush defence and some tigerish work at the breakdown by their opponents. So, um, I mean, they scored five tries to four, um, and scored a couple of nice tries, but. It was a fairly disappointing display all round, I think, from the All Blacks, and they would probably feel they were a bit lucky to, to come out to, to come away with the win at the end.
1: Were, were you on the page of Ian Foster and selecting the side that he did and giving opportunities out there, or would you have preferred to see them hit the ground running with that side that's the majority of that side that's likely to start next week and probably for the following two weeks?
4: Yeah, well, it's, it's a funny one. I guess as his, uh, his fans were thrown out the door. With the injuries, and then the um, the grandmother of the Barrett boys uh, passing away, so he probably had to change things up a bit. Uh, he probably would have wanted to get more of his his first string um, lineup in there, because then they could still have you know play their top team against Wales, and then maybe rest some of them against Scotland. So yeah, things yeah things turned out a bit messy, and then they lost uh, Dane Coles in the warm up, of course. Um, but you know you'd have to say it was still the prime opportunity to give someone like Stephen Perifetta a run. Um, only a second test match, um, and, you know, it was tough for him, but I still think he's a, he's a fullback who can play 10 rather than the other way around, so that was a that was a fair call. Some of these other guys certainly needed a run, um, and, you know, the, and they hadn't played for four or five weeks too, so the selection was fair enough. It was just more the performance that was disappointing.
2: Hey, Also, Campbell, one man who generated a lot of interest last night and today and everything was Roger Tuovasa shek Your thoughts, pass, fail? How do you rate him?
4: Uh, he was, Look, he was, he was good. I think close to 70 minutes. Uh, he had some nice touches, um, set up a couple of tries with, with short passing. So I think he'll be pretty pleased with what he do, uh, he, he had done. Um, I think he's still, he's still a work in progress, isn't he? You mm. know, We'd like to see another big campaign for him uh, for the Blues next year. Um, and then, then what happens after that? But we've still got Jack Goodyear to come back. So there is a real logjam in that midfield. And we still haven't seen more of Geordie Barrett at 12 too. So... Um he's, you know, I mean, he's he's clearly making some progress there. Um, I think he'd be quite pleased with what he did. But it's still early days, uh, and he, he's a long way from the finished product.
2: Hey, also, Campbell, look, it's been a rugby fest, as we know. World Cups left, right and centre, All Blacks 15s, you name it. But also, of course, uh, we've got the Super Squad's announcements too. Any big surprises for you there or business as usual?
4: Yeah, well, it was interesting uh, having a look. The the uh, Blues look very, very settled. Um, in fact, um, it's quite funny that overall there hasn't been that much movement um, with players leaving or, or going as much as in recent seasons. But I did notice that uh, Manaki's Selby Rickett has left the Highlanders uh, where he would have got a lot of game time to go to the Chiefs who have got three uh, three All Blacks locks there. Ooh. So that's a strange move in some ways. He may be wanting to be closer to family, I'm not sure. But that was... That was a big one for me. Um, a big transfer within within the franchises. Um, we haven't seen the Moana um, squad yet. I think that's named in the next week or so. But there haven't been too many um, player movements. Um, but certainly for me, that that one with Selby Rickett uh, going to the Chiefs was quite big. I, I thought there was a couple of loose forwards who were unlucky. Uh, Mitch Jacobson for Waikato and uh, Blake Gibson, uh, who's been a fixture in Super Rugby uh, and certainly at NPC level for. For several years now, um, he, he hasn't made the cut. Um, so he, he, he could well he could well look overseas, uh, one suspects.
1: A move for Brett Cameron. Well, move back into Super Rugby, and he's uh, ended up at the hur- Hurricanes, uh, Campbell. But when you, when you look at the performances of Ruben Love and Aidan Morgan um, mm. throughout the NPC, it might be a bit of a congested uh, jersey now down there. Do you think that they are on the pathway to solving that problem that they've had at 10?
4: Yeah, well, that's, that's an interesting one. I think there's been good development from Aidan Morgan, even though he was coming off the bench for Wellington. He's a guy who could really fill that role. I know Reuben Love wants to play there, but did a really good job for Wellington at, at 15, and I think he's more of a 15-10 at this stage. So Brett Cameron uh, is a good goal kicker. Um, I have to say, with all due respect, he was very lucky to make the All-Backs four years ago, but mm. he's he's played pretty solidly uh, in the last couple of years for, for the Turbos, Um so he's coming in as as that third option there. I, I personally like the look of Morgan. If he can if he can um if he can sort of uh, cement that number ten jersey for the Hurricanes next year outside TJ Perinara and then he's got the likes of uh, of, of Billy Proctor and Peter Munger um, Jensen outside him. Uh that could be potentially exciting. Um the one thing with Morgan, he obviously uh needs to sort his goal kicking. Um I know he can kick goals well. So if, if he's able to do that, uh, then maybe people will stop uh, stop talking about um, about Bowdoin Barrett in relation to the Hurricanes. And he is, of course, the Hurricanes are leading all-time points for it too. So um, it's interesting to see. Yeah,
1: his jersey's a different colour now, isn't it? Um, look, uh, I know this is a difficult question, but you're always good at uh, uh, answering them, Campbell, so I'll throw it out there. If you're casting your eye over, as you which you are to a degree as a neutral, uh, those those uh, five sides that have been announced without Moana Pacifica involved. Which squad worries you the most, as in terms of have they got enough depth and firepower?
4: Uh, yeah, well, as in as in uh, which, which side worries me um, in terms of where they might finish on the table. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 look, I, I think the Highlanders. The, the Highlanders uh, might struggle again. I keep on saying that every year, and they often uh, often turn up trumps and turn the tables, but. <laughs> I suspect uh, that they they, do, they have had a couple of losses there. They uh, it's, it's strange with them, they have injuries in the outside backs, which tend to cost them, and uh, that they have had a change of coach there. I'm not sure whether they've got the, the wherewithal to really do much more than reach the quarterfinals next season. Um, they'll often prove me wrong. They've got guys coming back from injury like Harry-Parry Parkinson, um, and then, uh, and obviously, Mitch Hunt, uh, first five. They've opted for Marty Banks again yeah. as one of their tens. Um, he's 33. I'm not sure whether Super Rugby is, is really his, his go anymore. Um, and they've lost their second string half, probably for just about the whole campaign. So Aaron Smith's going to have to play more minutes than he probably would have wanted. So the, the Highlanders uh, worry me to a certain extent, um, but they have proved me, proved me wrong in the past. So we shall see.
2: Look, uh, Campbell, you mentioned some players there. It is, of course, World Cup year next year as well. Do you think minutes will be managed for a lot of these players?
4: Yes, absolutely. Uh, Well, previously it was... um, They would have uh, at least two games off, and and that's if they had no injuries, Um, plus plus bye weeks, of course. But uh, I have a suspicion that uh, Ian Foster will try and bring a plan in uh, to rest some of his uh, men for longer, his top men. I mean... He, he won't want to see Sam Whitelock playing fourteen games of Super Rugby next year. No, he'll probably be happy with ten or twelve. So, um, and and you know the likes of Sam Kane or the Chiefs as well. So, how they manage that through? I know Aaron Smith. Uh, I think there might be something written in his contract about minutes. Um, so, how they actually uh, work that at the Highlanders, but he plays fifty-five, sixty, um, or or more, uh, will be will be interesting. It won't be like it was uh, in two thousand and seven. I suspect they were. And taking out players for reconditioning for, for seven weeks uh, for the top twenty-two that won't happen. But I know there will be some plan, and I'm sure, in Foster has communicated that to the to the five Super
2: Rugby coaches. Hey, awesome Campbell! Hey, thank you so much for your time today, mate. Give the rugby news a plug, pal. It's when's good. it when's it out next?
4: Yeah, mate. So we're just uh, getting a November issue to to bed. That's out November ten. Um, so we'll have um, all the news in there, um, including including the Women's Rugby World Cup and some of the All Blacks, but a whole lot of uh, NPC and Heartland uh, rugby in there plus, plus grassroots. So it's all all going to be there from November 10, Rugby News.
1: Still getting my copy, Campbell. Thank you very much and enjoy it every month. <laughs> Cheers, buddy. <laughs>
2: awesome, Marty. No worries, mate. Cheers, Campbell. Thank you very much. There you go, Campbell Burns from the uh, Rugby News. Always good uh, to chat. We will take a quick break and coming up shortly, we've got your old mate, Timmy Horan as well. So yeah, join us then, folks. He's low text coming in Double eight, double three. 22 past two here on SENZ, Dean Butler with you here on the Rugby Run with Justin Marshall. Keep your texts coming in, folks, Double eight, double three, if you want to ask Justin anything, and or if you want to ask Tim Horan anything, hopefully we're going to try and get him on, Marshy, to have a chat um, about the Aussie-Scotland game. Or give us a call, 0800-150811, 800 Well, We were talking with Campbell Burns just a minute ago about the Super Squads, so and I had a look, uh, Marshy, and Dane Coles is in there for the Hurricanes squad. Mm-hmm. But as you said, and as some texas have said, is it maybe time for, for Dane Coles to... It won't be next
1: year. No. Not with a World Cup no. on the horizon. <laughs> so I, I certainly feel that what the challenge now uh, for Dane Coles is, he's obviously on his way back to New Zealand. Uh, yes. And it's to get that body right so that he hits super rugby uh, on fire, really. Yeah. And, and produces the type of rugby that we, we know that he's got within his DNA. and yep. And that's, that's what he needs to now focus on. Um so i I think absolutely the best thing for him is get through a whole super rugby campaign unscathed yeah uh get confidence, get out there and, and play uh and, and then reinforce to everyone in new zealand uh including the all black selectors and coaches but more importantly to himself that he, that his body can do it yeah and that he can still play that rugby that that's probably the best thing that can happen to him so I'm pleased to see him in that squad and yeah, I, I wish him luck and um and making sure that that body stays intact yeah look it's interesting because if you I think if I speak on behalf of the general
2: public when I look at it we all know Sammosoni takia he's number one mm-hmm. but I think we all feel we want
1: dan Coles yeah. as number two well yeah, it's something that's quite what we unique. want he, he's yeah. different yeah. than those other two he's yeah. different than Cody Taylor he's different than a sopho uh, and uh Takia. he doesn't yeah. quite have some those two no the latter's power. Mm. Uh, Cody Taylor plays completely different to all four of them. But Dane Coles plays the game in that jersey so differently than anybody else. The skill yeah. set that he has, the speed, um, yep. you know, the footwork that he has, the areas he plays in. He, he gets himself into different areas because he's a smart rugby player. Yeah, uh, He's got a, a really good brain and where he needs to position himself, where he can be effective to utilise his skills. So. Yeah, absolutely. It's always great to have his name in the mix with the All Blacks. Yeah, definitely.
2: Hey, we've got a couple of texts in mm. here. Ken coming in, folks. Double eight, double three. Uh, Justin, uh, picking Geordie at 12 with Rico. Think that's our best combo at this stage against Welsh. Um, I'm right behind the ABs. Think they might crush the Welsh and Scots, even England. What do you think on that, what Ken's saying there?
1: Yeah, well, I certainly feel that uh, that's a conundrum that's facing Ian Foster now because mm. Geordie was such a success in that last test match at 12. Uh, you know, he's he's really uh, reluctant to play Will Jordan at fullback. Mm. So that doesn't seem to be an option for Ian Foster which, in bizarre, his mindset that one, when he's selecting eh? his team. But that's the way that he feels uh, he wants his side to, to operate, which is having Will Jordan on the wing. So he'll come back into the mix, Will Jordan. Uh, and obviously when Geordie played 12, uh, Bowden played fullback. But that was because they had to. They had the problems in the midfield. Yes, so now did. that they have... The ability to to go back to uh, David Havili and 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 pick the side that uh, he was picking before, Bo- which had Bowdoin Barrett on the bench mm. and Geordie uh, Will Jordan. I mean Geordie Barrett at uh, at uh, fullback. Where does he go and what does he do? You know. So, <laughs> look, it's a it's a valid question to ask. Um, look, I've been banging the uh, the drum mm. to have Geordie Barrett at twelve for quite a long time. Yeah, I, I feel he that. I feel he plays. Uh, directionally from fullback, like a 12. He mm. comes often in as a, a second receiver. Yep. He runs outside to in straight lines. Uh, he's a tough carrier. Um, he, you don't often see him in the outside channels making breaks like a regular fullback. So mm. I feel that that's a position that his rugby brain is quite adapted to. Yeah, and he said he wants to play there. That's right. So, um, yeah, my mindset is I feel he should play there. I really do. And, and he brings a kicking game there, so it's not as if we miss out. Mm. No, exactly. uh, and, 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 and the kicking skills of David Harvelli if he was to, to occupy and, that jersey. And who, who do you pair him with then, Marcia? Who's your, who's your central pairing, mate? I, I think Rico's still showing that yeah. he's, he's the centre at the moment that is in form yeah. um, and is commanding his start week to week. Uh, you know, he, he certainly has grown a lot this year from where he was. Oh, he's improved. Um, there's nobody else really putting their hand up at the moment to mm. show that they are playing better. Uh, so yeah, I think that combination was really good against Australia. Mm. Uh, you know, I saw um, they started to really worry about Geordie and the way he was carrying Australia, yeah. and then all of a sudden Rico got more space, and a couple of times he got the t- the ability to distribute, and we found channels on the outside of him. Yeah, um, and you know that that was you know the combination working well. So yeah, that, if I was picking the side, that's who I'd pick. Yeah, it's good to hear because we all want. Combinations we all want, especially with the cent, yep.
2: we've we've always had a you know Nani and Smith. We've always had a Bunsen Little. We've you know we're not saying that as things anymore because we don't know who those two are.
1: Yeah, and and to be perfectly honest, a part of my mindset was also that I wasn't convinced that you know Bowden uh, had played enough fullback, but mm. I thought against Australia he was outstanding and and he showed that. Yeah, he can play there competently, and um, and so that meant that the blend worked. You know, so yeah. you know that was probably my only um, part of the equation where my mindset wasn't quite convinced that you know if we play Geordie at twelve that we've got that fullback problem settled. Yeah, considering Will Jordan just won't look, be played there by Ian Foster. Look, so, but Bowden was great. So Bowden was. You know, if you let's think about this, if you could get Geordie Barrett, uh, Richie Moonga, yeah, um, Will Jordan. Um, all all on the field at the same time, oh. uh, you know, um, and then Bowden at fullback, man, that's four very, very good attacking players Look. that uh, we've got at our... At our beck and call, it is for sure. And look, you mentioned it, and you're a lot closer to it than we are. But
2: it, and I do speak on behalf of the general public of New Zealand. We all want Will Jordan to get some
1: time at fullback. That's where he excels. Won't Why been, won't it happen? It doesn't. Seem you don't to even it, know. You don't. Because well, there's, there's been too many instances where, through injury or through whatever circumstances have evolved, where Foster could have played him there. Yeah, but he didn't. No. So I, I don't feel that that's in in his mindset at all. Wow. so Okay. I, I don't see it happening, not right. under not under his control. OK. Uh, another text come in here. Uh, Hi again,
2: guys. Will this pretty much be the same All Blacks 15 play for the next three games to replicate next year's World Cup team?
1: Has to be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. But barring injury. This next or, or, team is the one that plays most yeah, of the next three or games. Or unfortunate circumstances. Yeah. Same side plays three weeks on the bounce. If he can do that uh, and do that without having to make... Any changes, that mm. would be perfect, but perfect world doesn't exist. So there's probably going to be complications like red cards or <laughs> or injuries. <Yeah>. But ultimately, <laughs> I would like to see them have the ability to pick the same side. And that means the same 12, the same 15, yes. which has which been spoken about, the same 9, the same 10, and just go hard at it for three test matches and show that you can win in the UK, which you're going to have to do to win a Rugby World Cup against top tier nations. You're going to have to. A couple of texts coming come in as
2: well. i from Brad. Brad says, a lot of those players last night played themselves out of a spot in the team. Some even proved that they're not at international level. Note, at the end of the game, Jason Ryan looked absolutely filthy despite the win, while the rest of the coaching staff were smiling and shaking hands. Loved uh, Jamie Joseph's dig at the All Blacks saying England are a better team as well. What do you make of
1: that? Well, he just he had a little bit of a um, side swipe at the, the All Blacks by saying, well, he wasn't really sort of saying anything bar they're going to face tougher opposition Japan when they <laughs> go away. So read, read what you want into that. But, you know, look, certainly I felt last night that a lot of those players just looked uh, a, a little... I won't use the word shell shock, but just a little off. Yeah. Uh and, and, and a lot of that will be maybe circumstances, haven't had a lot of time in the jersey. For sure. There's there's always pressure that comes with that. But yep. you know, you've got to deal with that as an all black. Equally, a lot of them hadn't had a lot of game time. Uh and then the opposition probably surprised them as well. Yeah. A few of them, because they're so inexperienced and haven't played many test matches, would have gone out there not knowing what to expect from Japan apart from what we've seen previously. Yeah. Which is convincing win after convincing win after convincing win by lots of points. Mm. And then all of a sudden they're thrust into this environment and bang, the opposition are a hell of a lot better (laughs) than what they were expecting. They're a little off because they probably have have had their mindset flipped by how good Japan were. Secondly, like I said, haven't played a lot of rugby and unfamiliar faces around them. So... Look, I'm not convinced they've they've all done themselves a massive amount of harm. Mm. Um, OK. You know, they still had to... When they lost Ritalik, I think it was still we a quarter of an hour to go in down. that test match. Yep. Um, and and they, they had to fight their way through that period and still win it. Uh, you know, uh, good, good sides do do that, regardless of how close it gets on the scoreboard. So, yeah, look, I, I probably would trend along the line of... I don't think they did themselves any harm, mm. but I don't think they that they exactly uh, rocketed themselves into the stratosphere to say yeah. hey pick me yeah. because i'm
3: i'm <laughs> I'm, I'm, wanting
1: to, I'm i'm wanting to be picked because i've played so well yeah uh, apart from uh the impact that Dalton Puppet made <gasps> off the bench uh,
2: yes that's uh, been considering
1: mentioned. now that there is a vacancy possibly at open side i thought the statement that he made off the bench um he did himself a massive amount of he, yeah. uh, f- uh of favors towards being selected next weekend with his performance, absolutely. And what about what Brad said there
2: too about the other coaching staff and and Jason Ryan looking filthy at the end? Is that is that just
1: his the way? No, he... No, he was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it as well. Jason Ryan basically was hugging onto his uh, laptop with his <laughs> with his head down onto it. Uh, he, yeah. he was disappointed. Yeah. Um, he would have seen that this game was closer than it should have been, and yeah. would have seen that that performance uh, was not the clinical All Blacks. Uh, that that you would expect. 21 oh, twenty-one-three. We both see. It. Oh, I thought there'd be fifty. Yep. easy. And and there's a there's a big sort of uh, outlet outlet of breath when you sort of get through that. It's like, yeah. whew, okay, <laughs> <laughs> done it. But then reality should hit you straight away. Of like, right, yeah. That 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 wasn't what I was expecting from our side. Why no. not? Yeah. And and you know that's that's probably the re- reaction I would have. Uh, and I don't know the other coaches. Maybe it was more just. Um, they were smiling and shaking hands because it was just the only thing they could do. They were relieved to have got through it because the, the, the flip side of the coin is not a good one to be facing.
2: Oh, mate, Honestly, as I say, I was here last night, and when it was getting close, I'm thinking, oh, man, if, if we come in tomorrow and it's gone pear-shaped, mm-hmm. this will be insane. Hey, one more text here as well. Keep them coming, folks, Double eight, double three, or 0800 150811. This is from Steve. Hi, Justin. Why don't our backs stand deeper? We need chip kicks to force back lines back. What do you think? That's from Steve.
1: Yeah, we lacked lacked depth last night, Mm. Uh, and and just taking an extra metre makes a massive amount of difference to your time. You can't take too much depth, because that just allows the opposition with their line speed to then catch you too far behind the advantage line, should what you're doing not work. So there's like a a fine line. So there's a fine line, but yeah, we certainly um, lack the imagination just to maybe take a a metre to half a metre, Mm. and then equally realized that they were suffocating us you know those like i said 10 to 15 20 meters either side of the breakdown uh to be able to to get some transition runners some backdoor plays happening mm-hmm. players coming from a little bit of depth um, in those areas and with some a little bit of wit, get, getting lateral um, yeah. and onto the ball so yeah i'm asking the same question' to <laughs> yeah. be perfectly honest uh, you could see that that's where they where they needed to probably uh, change their game plan and didn't and it's a bit of a melon scratcher as to why. Uh, so, you know, we, we've gone through all sorts of um, equations, <laughs> haven't we, as to w- w- why we didn't adapt, and um, maybe they were just trying to play more conservatively because of the changes in the side they'd named, or yeah. maybe they weren't trying to show, show too much, because you'd hope it's that way rather than New Zealand rugby players and particularly our best rugby players, our All Blacks, not having the imagination, the creativity, and also the mindset yeah. to change the way they're playing because of what the opposition are doing to you. Yeah, I really hope it's not that <laughs> and, 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 the, and the previous two. Fingers crossed. Great yeah. question Steve. Keep coming
2: folks Double eight, double 0800 150 We'll take um, another break now. We'll be back after that. We may have Tim Horan or not. Depends. We know he's got other things he's happening. He's got the Wallaroos um, game the
1: that he's uh, doing yet. Yeah. Other um, side of the world. Yep. yeah.
0: Strikes it. It's coming back around to the left. He's hooked it. He's hooked it. Wallabies survive. Wallabies with a one-point
5: lead. Went the the, the same way as his first kick of the game.
3: After the the try was
5: scored, and he just shifted to the left, so the Wallabies now. Just
2: make sure, Nick, the ball must bounce in the field of play to restart, Okay.
5: Scottish reserve players can't believe it. 22 to the Wallabies. Do they go long middle? Does Nick White try a little grub or something, try and
4: get the ball out on the bounce? They cannot kick it directly in touch. They cannot give a penalty
0: away. He drills it low. Nick White puts it into touch. That is full time. Wallabies win. The Wallabies win at Murrayfield.
1: Welcome back to the Rugby Run. Uh, Hey, so we're very lucky off the back of that commentary to have my good mate Tim Horan uh, join us. We won't keep you long, Tim, because I know that you're heavily involved in the Wallaroos game uh, at the moment against England, but thanks for joining us. Man, you guys are getting pretty good at these last-minute type games. This time you got it right against Scotland. (laughs)
5: <laughs> yeah, g'day, boys. Nice to be on the show again. And uh, never in doubt, Marshy. Um, <laughs> <the wallabies. laughs> yeah, it was interesting, wasn't it? Um, it's good to see Michael Hooper back in the number seven jersey, wasn't it? Uh, he obviously missed six Test matches this year through, you know, getting back to the family, spending a bit more time at home, and he didn't look out of shape, did he? Um, you know, came back into it, and but just I think the the Wallabies just they hung in there, hung tough, and. I thought Scotland were outstanding when you look at the players they're missing guys like Stuart Hogg Finn Russell Johnny Grey outside of the test match window and oh, I thought they were very good and of course Blair Kinghorn you know scoring a try but missing that kick at the end devastating for him in, in front of a big home crowd
1: In general what did you make of the Wallabies performance they were behind for large parts of that game but as you mentioned they stayed in the fight is, is that a bit of a mental shift for them that they can actually from behind find a way to win test matches
5: I think so, Marshy, And, mate, and, and, you've you, oh, obviously been there before. But, you know, playing, whether it's in Dublin, whether it's in Cardiff, and whether it's in Edinburgh at Murrayfield, really tough places to win. You know, you've got really got to dig deep and stay in the fight. And I think the Wallabies did that. Um, you know, it wasn't many outstanding performances. I thought Nick Frost was very good at lock. I thought Rob Valentini, again, at number eight, outstanding. I think just to, one, to be able to stay in the fight and stay in touch. Um, obviously, you're going to have to improve a lot when you come up against France next weekend for the Wallabies, and that's going to be a tough match for them, to see where they're really at um, when you play a side like France in Paris.
1: You mentioned uh, the return of Michael Hooper, which is outstanding, and great to see him get through those issues that he's had and, and back to his normal self. The one area that did impress us here in New Zealand uh, with the recent Bledisloe and, and Rugby Championship games was that loose forward mix. Uh, was very, very good for Australia. Do you think it's better with Michael Hooper involved than what it was then?
5: Well, I think when you look at Michael Hooper, what he brings, just to them, I think just the experience and the measured, the calmness of him on a rugby field. Um, he he slotted back in pretty well talking to Luke Pierce to referee a fair bit. I think he forgot he wasn't captain occasionally. <laughs> and um, but but you look at that combination. but Also, Marshy, when you look at the number nine jersey, Tate McDermott, yep. he was outstanding. In that first 20 to 25 minutes and really got the Wallabies off to a good start, making some breaks, and I think. Dave Rennie and the coaching staff has probably got to use these five test matches to try and cement down, okay, who's our back row? Who's our 9-10 combination? Yep. Because if you keep changing your 9 and keep changing your 10, it's difficult to form those combinations. So Nola Seal will probably get a chance at some stage. So will Nick White. But uh, I know you've got to have depth uh, going into a Rugby World Cup in a year's time. But at some stage, you've got to try and get those combinations building.
1: Totally agree. Are you on the pathway to solving your problem at fullback?
5: Oh, not yet. Um, mm. Tom Banks was quiet, um, you know, coming back from a broken arm, broke his arm in that first Test match versus England in Perth a long time ago now. It was a bad, very bad break. But, yeah, he, he eased himself back in the game. But, you know, whether it's Andrew Calloway, whether yeah. it's Tom Banks, or whether it's you go to Geordie Pettire, who got a bit of an opportunity this year, but his kicking game probably lacks a little bit. But uh, And then he got... Who's not even on the tour, who I would have thought, you know, he's probably a, a game breaker uh, coming into the World Cup, so he probably needs a bit more footy. So, no, our back three's not there yet, um, but we've got plenty of depth. It's just trying to cement who's going to play in those positions for a long period of time.
1: Can you put out a side capable of beating France and Paris?
5: Uh, it's going to be a tough one, Marshy, but yeah, the Wallabies, um, you know, they pride themselves on you know going pretty well against France over many, yeah. many years, so. That was a great series, wasn't it, last last year in Australia, the three-test mm. match series against France, and um, that's when the French side brought a lot of younger players out in the building. But, yeah, good rehearsal for Rugby World Cup, isn't it, against France? And I think the Wallabies are actually going to play a, um, a test match against France two weeks out before the Rugby World Cup next year. So Jeez. good relationship with them, but, yeah, I, I think we can. I think, you know, with Michael Hooper back in the team, didn't pick up too many injuries in this test match, and... You no, know, Dave rennie has got a side that um, you know hopefully can can take it to France. Um, you know, in Paris next week. And just finally, mate, uh,
1: the All Blacks struggled their way through a test match against Japan. It would be very unlucky not to have a comment
5: <laughs> when they do struggle. What would you make of that game? <laughs> uh, no, I thought it was outstanding. I think uh, and Marcy like the, the rise and rise of Japanese rugby, probably since twenty fifteen when Eddie Jones had that. Japanese team humming and they beat the Springboks. I think from ever from there, that level and the respect of other teams has risen. and And the All Blacks knew that going into this game that was always going to be a tough match. And I think it's great for rugby to have potentially, you know, eight teams that can win a rugby World Cup now. And you've got sides like, you know, as you said, um, Argentina. You look at Japan the way they're playing now; they are going to scare a lot of teams. And someone is going to miss out on a quarterfinal. It's going to be an upset, but. No, I thought it was a great performance from the All Blacks, and of course, as you know, they'll get a few players back for the next Test match coming back from New Zealand.
1: Mate, we so appreciate you coming on the show, stepping out of that Wallaroos game. Go back to it. Um, Always great to have you on, and um, we'll catch up with you at some other stage. It won't be in the UK, mate, but uh, we'll hopefully see you around Christmas time. I believe you're going to be descending on Queenstown around there, so I'll stock up the beer fridge.
5: <laughs> Look forward. to Thanks, boys. Look forward to chat and hopefully chat the next couple of weeks, uh, depending on how the Wallabies go in the next few test matches. Cheers, mate.
2: Cheers, Tim. Thank you very much. There you go, Tim Horan. Obviously, a good mate of yours, Marsha. Yeah. And very interesting to hear when you're talking about the the Aussie team. They haven't settled on much like the All Blacks haven't. They're no, very they haven't. similar.
1: And he's right. Yeah. You know they need to start getting their combinations settled. Oh, yeah. You know, I thought that back row with, uh, you know the. The Pete Samu, um, Valentini and mm. and Leota to a degree, w- was looking pretty formidable. Yeah. But then you bring Hooper back into the mix. They're OK there, but he's right. You've got to get some of the other combinations. The 9 and 10, you've got to get that bang on. If it's McDermott or is it Nick White, who, who is your, your starting 9? And just make that regular. The centre pairing's got to be the same. And they've got to solve that problem at fullback. Yeah. Is it Callaway? Is it Banks? Like you said, does Pataia come into the mix? Quade Cooper might come back into course, th- th- the side next year and possibly Curtly Beal as well, both of them being out injured. But, you know, they, they really need to, to get their mojo together as well. They're a bit like the All Blacks at the moment where they're yeah. trying to find combinations and Very they haven't similar. been settled. But. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's a good win for them. That, that's never an easy... And I was really interested to watch that game because the All Blacks have got Scotland in a couple of weeks. That's right. Never beaten us in our history. I oh, don't uh, They'll be licking away. their lips there. The, the, the piper will be on the roof and the spotlight will be on him. It's a hell of a place to play, Murrayfield. And uh, Do they
2: have the piper up there? Do they they re- do, yeah. Oh, I love the, the lone pipes, Piper. Mate. It's oh. absolutely
1: incredible. They turn all the lights off and just one big spotlight on him. He's on the main stand at Edinburgh. Oh, brilliant. He starts playing them and then, bang, the lights go on and the fireworks come... Oh. And, and let's think about the last time the All Blacks were there. <laughs> Me, oh my, we got out of jail. I tell you what, Stuart Hogg, when he's hearing for that corner, I was out of my commentary seat, um, and I was thinking, this doesn't look good, and Wait. Bowden Barrett, and a little bit of greed from, uh, from Stuart Hogg. and That's I know right. producer Ben won't be lik- liking to hear this, given his Scottish heritage <laughs> and his, his, fant- his fantasy over Scotland as a nation, but uh, we, we got out of jail. And, oh. uh, you know, like I said, if there's any motivation... Ever for for a, 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 any type of sport that 's yeah. recreating history yeah. and that 's what those Scottish players will be focusing on they 'll go well we 've got the all blacks they 're coming uh, to town they haven 't had a great year no, and this is our chance to turn history <sighs> Forever. We don't. We don't need any massive new... game for the All Blacks. <laughs> we, we so don't... it was good to see that bloody wallaby side go there, who are probably not as good as us, and win. <laughs> it made me feel better.
2: <laughs> hey, we better we better take a break, and we'll be back to wrap it up uh, after that. See you soon. Seven minutes to three here on SENZ. NZ. Dean Butler with you here on the rugby run, along with Justin Marshall. We just heard from uh, your old mate Tim Horan there. Marshall, mm-hmm. um, Australia got out of jail against Scotland, and of
1: course. The ABs go to the UK mm. next week, my friend. What's well Millennium Stadium, yeah, uh, one of the most magnificent rugby stadiums you can play in. Oh, uh, man. You know, and for for all for all of uh, playing in a test match, the 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 pre-game, um, really? I, I guess, singing and atmosphere and environment in that stadium is you know basically unrivalled in the world. So it's a hell of a occasion to look forward to as a player. Uh, you got to make sure that you, you keep your mindset on what's ahead as well, the game. Now, look, the Welsh haven't beaten the All Blacks in near on 70 years as well. So, you know, that that's a, obviously a big uh, positive for their players to, yeah. to be in that side that does challenge and try to beat the All Blacks. Equally, the All Blacks have got that history to protect. Have to. Uh, and and that's, that's massively motivating for oh. you as an All Black as well. You know, the fact that we've formulated yes. that that, in, that incredible legacy against Wales, who are one of the great nations that we've had oh, battles with in the past. I'll
2: ask you, Marshy, do, you've been in
1: that situation. Yep. Does that weight of
2: not wanting to lose that record, Does that does that heavy on you, or is that motivation for you? Nah, it lightens, you? The, load. lightens it, the load. It, it
1: absolutely does. Wow. You know, you don't ever want to be remembered um, because you did turn uh, history to a negative, and I certainly felt that. We we, we always had conversations around whatever happens, boys, really? we find a way. Wow, and, that's cool. And, you know, they can throw everything that they want at us, but not on our watch. It doesn't happen on our watch. We just get the job done today, and we might not be having the best of days, yeah. and they might be having their best day, but we still win. We do it today, and We we fight through whatever pain, whatever injury, whatever fatigue we've got because it's all about being an All Black and making sure that we uh, continue to enhance the, the legacy that has gone before us. And I found that incredibly easy to stay motivated wow. for. And I didn't feel it weighed me down. It just pushed me and pushed me and pushed me. It was just like, no way, not on my watch. That's not happening today. So good. No to, chance. That's
2: so good to hear because that's mm. what we as fans all believe as well. And we yeah. hope next week, because let's be fair, this, current, this team this year, they haven't shown enough of that dog they've spirit. got it in them they've got i it know in they've
1: them. got it in and i've got faith that they have yeah. and uh, looking forward to that test match next weekend have been absolute
0: belter <laughs> like it always is <laughs> will
2: be a bloody belter hey marshy as always mate
0: thanks,
1: great mate. fun having you in
2: studio pal and um, i'm sure we'll talk again at some stage on the next rugby round thanks everyone thanks guys